Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hello, thanks for joining me for episode 367 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. Hippie Witch! I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on blog talk radio where you will also find a link to queen yay queen the queen program queen a five-week audio journey to reclaim your personal sovereignty will you be joining us for this ladies it's the one thing that i've created for women exclusively And it is starting January 1st, 2019, the year of the queen. And I would love to have you join us for that because we are going to rock out the new year like nobody's business, being the queens of our own lives, queens supporting queens. And I'm just going to say that the queen program is the official sponsor of today's episode because I can, because it's my program and my podcast and ain't nobody going to stop me. And I actually, I have a blazing fever right now and a head cold. So if I sound a little bit different, (laughs) that's why. But I'm still in an excellent mood. And just thinking about today's topic, which I have no notes for, so we'll just see how it goes. It, It makes me smile. I want to talk about glamour magic and drag queens today. Maybe this is what happens when you work with the queen archetype for a few years like I've been doing, but all of a sudden, I'm finding a lot of inspiration in drag queens, and just that I think drag queens are the ultimate in glamour magic, and that glamour magic is something that everyone can tap into, and if there are any men still listening right now, I really just want to take a moment to point out that glamour magic is not just for women, it's not just for gay men, it's not just for dra- drag queens, it's, it's for men. And you're totally missing out if you have not learned to tap into the power of personal style, playing characters when you need to have an extra bit of oomph in your day. If you haven't played around with the way you look, as a tool of empowerment, I highly recommend thinking about doing that in the new year ahead. You can think of like still kind of keeping with this flamboyant idea of a drag queen. We've got David Bowie. We've got Lenny Kravitz. We've got so many examples in rock and roll to pick from. But then also you can look at someone like Jim Morrison, who definitely used costume to empower himself to get into a certain headspace and also to create this image for, to me, glamour magic works on two levels. And Jim Morrison was working both. It's about empowering yourself to feel a certain way, to feel very sexy, to feel strong, to feel smart, however you want to feel. But then it also works its, its magic on other people. 
because we are visual creatures and we respond to imagery. And he really understood that. So did Kurt Cobain. Now that was not glamorous, right? <laughs> He's the grunge poster boy, poor poster boy, but he fully knew exactly what he was doing. He created maybe Mark Jacobs, you could argue, created grunge. I'm gonna say Kurt Cobain was the father of grunge. That's the way I saw it. I feel like Mark Jacobs maybe capitalized on that and then brought it to the fashion world. But two men right there. There you go. And of course, Courtney was in on that as well and so many other women. But I'm talking about men here for a minute. If you're a fan of the Arctic Monkeys, Alex Turner, the lead singer of the Arctic Monkeys, uses glamour magic in a very sophisticated, sharp, subtle way. Donald Glover does it. There are so many men that understand the power of image to create a feeling from within and then also without. It's a kind of working from the outside in to impact the in to then affect the outside. It just has this like cyclical nature. It just goes around and around and around. It, it impacts the way you feel and that impacts the way other people feel and that impacts the way you feel and it's just like this power ping pong that just goes around and around and around and around and around so that's what I have to say to the men listening right now (laughs) the men that are like but I don't want to tap into my inner drag queen I want to talk about drag queens because I just find myself gravitating that way kind of mysteriously I don't know they drag queens just keep coming up for me this year. I actually had my birthday party a couple of years ago. Some friends and I went to Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood and we had an awesome time in this drag queen club rocking out with the drag queens and I loved it. And I should do that more often because I find it very liberating and fun to be around people that have That level of joy, I get a lot of joy from being around those people and a lot of drag queens that I have encountered in my day, they have this extra little spark of joy. And I think just what does it take to even get to the place to be a man dressing like a woman, but like next level, like, you know, like super duper glam and over the top and then to be performing that way and entertaining just what kind of inner strength and courage and joy and sense of fun and mischief does it take to get to that place? And drag queens aside, if if you're a man listening to this, think about if you're a guy who doesn't wear suits very often, think about when you've had to wear a tuxedo for a special event and the way that it changes how you feel. It changes the way you hold yourself. It changes the way you see yourself. It changes the way other people see you. If you can tap into that memory and think like, yeah, that did actually make me feel a certain way, there's so much that you can do undercover, like low key, like keeping your own personal style and still tapping into the power of that. If you're a very magical person, you can think about like painting sigils under your clothes before you go to work, having your special power underwear, or just buying a really amazing pair of shoes that you normally wouldn't get yourself because maybe they're just slightly more than you want to pay for a pair of shoes, but also they make you feel amazing when you walk around in them. It could be a watch for you. 
I encourage you to think about that going into the new year. If there's some way to empower yourself with some physical token like that, that you can actually wear on your person to change the way you feel. I do believe in the power of having some secret symbol that only you know. Like that is a great example of power from within. If a certain symbol empowers you, it still has an impact on other people. That is really interesting. But also you can wear something on the outside and experience that to an even greater degree sometimes because, again, we are visual creatures and people will respond to you in a certain way. Try going to the grocery store unshaven with your hair all scraggly and a pair of sweats one day and then go back the next day in a suit, like clean shaven with your hair all slicked back and see how people treat you differently on the two different days and and do little experiments with that and see how you feel. How do you feel differently when you're sitting around in the same boxer shorts all weekend long (laughs) with a a mustard-stained T-shirt that's all stretched out at the neck? How do you feel when you dress like that as opposed to when you wake up in the morning and you put on like your workout clothes or the good jeans with the button-down shirt or whatever? It's just something to play around with. I think this is something our culture lost for a very long time. Both men and women used to be very flamboyant. I just got an eyeful of that when I went to go see The Favorite, which is one of my favorite movies of 2018 starring Rachel Weisz. And Emma Stone, I highly recommend seeing this movie. It's super body, audacious humor, but it takes place, I think, at the beginning of the 1700s, early 1700s. And the men, they look ridiculous by today's standards, although you might say they look like drag queens a little bit too, but like all the men back in the day had like all this makeup on and these towering, like huge, tall, powdered wigs. And it was such a thing back in the day. And so it's interesting how we have divided ourselves up by gender and like, okay, so women are allowed to do this, but men are not. That's definitely, definitely changing. You can look to men like um, Jeff Goldblum is having a lot of fun with just like some funky patterned suits, you know, and some unexpected colors and bringing that back. Alessandro Michele, the the designer and creative director of Gucci, is bringing it back big time with these floral suits. If you know who Jared Leto is, (laughs) he looks a little bit like Jesus in a floral suit these last couple years. (laughs) He's showing up to these award shows in these Alessandro Michele concoctions, and you can just see he's loving it. He's having so much fun. He's just a dude. He's just a regular dude underneath all of that. (laughs) And it's just fun to see men like going there that way. And what really got me thinking about drag queens, I guess was this year was Lady Gaga. And when the movie A Star is Born came out, which is another favorite movie of mine, I think I'm going to mention three of my favorite movies this year had to do with queens. So, and I would include Freddie Mercury in that. (laughs) But when A Star is Born came out, which I got that soundtrack for Christmas. My mommy bought it for me. I'm so excited. There's two full albums, front and back, and there's bonus material that wasn't even in the movie. 
I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm very excited. I, I begged my mom for this for Christmas because she always has us make a Christmas list. So she gets us things we actually want. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, this is at the tippy, tippy top of my list. I don't care what else I put on the list. This is like the number one thing. So she got it for me. And I'm very excited to bust that out and listen to that. But in when the movie came out, A Star is Born, I'm sure you saw all the press for it. It was interesting to see people comparing Allie, who is the character that Lady Gaga plays, to Lady Gaga herself and seeing Lady Gaga as being much more empowered and kind of seeing a stars born as like this not feminist enough like we're beyond this now people like Ali had to be chosen by a man and all of this stuff and I didn't see it that way at all so if you don't know drag queens are involved in both Ali and Lady Gaga's coming up story so Lady Gaga has clearly an amazing gift, but so many people do, right? But she also had incredible drive to hone that gift and to develop amazing skills. She has an awesome skill set. She went to performing, performing arts school. But I think what really made her Lady Gaga in record-breaking time, I don't know if anybody has ever propelled themselves into fame at, at the rate that she did, was this incredible drive and she came up in the drag queen circles in Manhattan and, and, and rock and roll. I just heard her talking about how both were really, she, she was hanging out with the metal kids downtown, I think, and the drag queens both. But she, she befriended them and they became such an inspiration to her and really inspired her to create the look of Lady Gaga and to really go super far into this persona that she was creating and then she would just like hit the pavement and was like, you will hear me. You will see me. And she just created this outlandish spectacle that you could not ignore in drag queen style, really. And but then also when I look at the movie A Star is Born and Lady Gaga is playing this makeup free, very casual woman who also has a musical gift the premise of, of Allie's life is that she had the talent to make it, but that she never made it, and that the times that she went in to meet with executives and stuff, they told her she wasn't pretty enough. But what I saw was she, she had a job, she had a family, and she actually created a space for herself to be this amazing performer, and she did it in the drag queen clubs. And the way Lady Gaga was talking about back in her day when she was first coming up is that like you have to earn your space there. Like <laughs> drag queens aren't going to let some woman in <laughs> on their show. It's like a huge honor that they embraced her because drag queens are self-created and it's like this special exclusive world that they have created. And so she considered it a huge honor and she kind of had to elbow her way in a little bit and insist like, no, no, I want to be a part of this crew, like embrace me. And they finally did. And so Allie ended up in the movie A Star is Born becoming embraced by these drag queens. So she would work her job and then she would go wear the full makeup and perform in these drag, this drag club bar. 
and she got to live out her dream. I don't know that every dream is meant to be at the Lady Gaga level, right? (laughs) There aren't very many of us that experience that huge of a dream, and if you want it, I hope you go for it in the way Lady Gaga did, because Lady Gaga is Lady Gaga because she tapped into her inner queen, and she went for it at that level. But I don't think that negates Ali's story, if you haven't seen the movie, because she still chose herself. She still chose to be a performer, and she was deeply appreciated by her fans and these drag queens that embraced her. And ultimately, throughout the movie, she has all these choices along the way where she can, like, choose to stay on her path, even though she was discovered by a man and drug on stage and thrust into stardom. She embraced it. She said yes every step of the way, and she kept moving forward. And any time something embarrassing or humiliating or challenging happened, she never stepped off her path and gave up or chose a man over her career. So I see them both as queen stories. And I also... This is just a movie lover's delight, isn't it? (laughs) You're like, but I haven't seen these movies, Joe. (laughs) Well, maybe now you will. (laughs) Maybe now you will. I thought a lot about the queen archetype when I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody. And in defense of Bohemian Rhapsody, I have to say, like some critics really didn't like it, but I loved this review that I read in The Hollywood Reporter because I think it perfectly encapsulated why so many fans loved the movie, myself included. And they said it's not an expository movie. It's not like a biopic explaining like who Freddie Mercury was and all going through the darkness of his life. It's a sensory experience for the fans. It's giving you the queen experience in a really big way. And I think Freddie would have loved that. And that is what it was. It's a sensory experience. So if you haven't seen it yet, go into it with that spirit and let the queenness wash over you. I think Freddie Mercury was an amazing queen, and I love that he tapped into his inner queen to become Freddie Mercury. He was born Farouk. Is that how you say his name? Farouk Bulsara. Farouk Bulsara. He grew up, he was born in the 40s. He grew up in the 50s as a gay Parsi with a super dramatic, very noticeable overbite that he was so self-conscious of that he developed like a kind of tick, like this thing he would do with his lips when he was talking to kind of try to rein his teeth in, but there was no reining them in, right? And it was part of his gift. And it's, it's part of how I remember him so fondly. But despite any insecurities or self-destructive tendencies that he may have had or that we all have, I would add, he absolutely knew his worth as a singer and a performer beyond a shadow of a doubt. And he tapped into the power of that. Like he tapped into that. And I think using glamour magic, he became the queen of his own life. And the queen of rock and roll, <laughs> which he did, he did too, I will, I will add. He, he maybe took it too far and ventured into a power over dynamic, uh, which the film Bohemian Rhapsody exaggerated for dramatic effect for sure. So they would have a story arc. But, but he was ultimately, I feel, a benevolent, benevolent, benevolent. He was a benevolent 
queen and a lover of life and music and people and cats. And cats. He loved the cats. Did you know that? That makes him an extra special queen in my book. And so I just love to look at lives like that and people that have like created these characters that empower them to go a step further. Beyonce talks about that. She talks about Sasha Fierce is the character that she plays when she goes on stage. So Beyonce isn't really Beyonce. The Beyonce that everybody's putting in their pop pantheons and upholding as this queen icon is really Sasha Fierce because Beyonce is playing Sasha Fierce to be Beyonce, to be the iconic Beyonce that we all say, yes, queen, every time something new comes out. From Beyonce. <laughs> so the reason that I actually today wanted to talk about Drag Queens 2 is I recently got hooked on RuPaul's podcast. I have never seen an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, but I'm going to try to find it. But I had all these weird like queen, drag queen moments pile up on me. I got really interested in RuPaul's podcast because I had to drive back and forth to Bakersfield a lot this month and I load up my iPod, when I'm doing that, I have the most ancient iPod. You all would laugh to see it. I think it's from like 2006, maybe, at the latest, 2006. It's maybe even older than that. It's the first generation of iPods, so how far does that go back? <laughs> but it still works. And I loaded it up with RuPaul. And I just was so inspired by RuPaul. He's such a spiritual guy and such a powerful woman as a drag queen. I just, I'm really in love with him right now. And that happened. And then I stumbled upon, you know, YouTube will show you what YouTube thinks you want to see, like things you're not subscribed to. Or actually, I think I am subscribed to Architectural Digest, but Architectural Digest popped onto my my feed one day to show me, uh, what is her name? Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards, the Dancing Queen. Apparently there is a show on Netflix called Dancing Queen, and Alyssa Edwards is really Justin something rather. <laughs> but I was... I was entranced by Alyssa Edwards on this Architectural Digest kind of Cribs-style video where she took us through her home in Texas, I believe. And I was just like, damn, drag queens are so much fun. They're having way more fun than the rest of us. And, and then I found an episode with Alyssa Edwards, a.k.a. Justin, on RuPaul's podcast, too. And it was interesting to hear him talk about himself to say Alyssa Edwards, this is he's how he's made his fame and how he's delighted however many fans around the world is a character. Alyssa Edwards is a character he plays, but Justin, who plays Alyssa Edwards, is just a man who is an entrepreneur who has worked his ass off to get to where Alyssa Edwards is, if that makes sense. And I just, I keep thinking about the power of that, like tapping into that in small ways. I'm not saying let's all go be drag queens. I'm saying let's find our inner drag queen and tap into that a little bit. Why not? When we're talking about the queen archetype and becoming the queen of your own life, like glamour magic is one of the most fun ways to use magic. It's one of the most fun, enjoyable, pleasurable things that you can do that actually has a real impact in your life. And then last night, I just went full like, okay, drag queens, man. 
why do drag queens keep popping up for me? They're such a thing. I, I was sick, <laughs> had fever, a bad head cold. I took a hot bath. I was trying to find something that would entertain me. And I just, it was kind of hit or miss. I couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. I finally like made myself some dinner and was sitting out in the living room. And I was like, I'm just going to try to watch this movie Dumplin' that Jennifer Aniston has been promoting. And Netflix keeps showing me like, you should watch Dumplin'. So I did. And I knew within the first like 30 seconds, this is good. This is it. And I loved it. I watched the whole thing. And I would say Dolly Parton, who is a woman who actually said if she hadn't been born a woman, she would have been a drag queen. She is like the iconic queen, the totem of the whole movie, even though she's not in the movie. Her music is all throughout the movie. And Dumplin' is about this young, I, I want to call her a young woman, but she's a teenage girl who is the daughter of a beauty queen played by Jennifer Aniston. But the movie's not about Jennifer Aniston's character. It's about this this girl, Dumplin', coming into her own with the help of an aunt, her beloved aunt, that who is... Her aunt is the one who really raised her and had a very drag queen spirit and taught her that even though she was a big girl and her aunt was a big girl too, and that she would be picked on and teased as she was for her size, that she should carry herself with pride and dignity and just be as fabulous as she is. This girl, Dumplin', was blessed with a best friend who really, like, upheld that standard for her and this aunt who raised her. And then when the aunt dies, it's not a spoiler. That happens at the very beginning of the movie. It's, it's a memory, actually. Um, she loses her way a little bit and ends up finding her way back with the help of, wait for it, some drag queens! <laughs> Come to find out. I guess that is a spoiler. I won't tell you come to find out. I'll just say there are drag queens involved and that Dolly Parton is like the patron saint queen of the entire movie. And it's just so well written and so deep and beautiful. And one of the things that I love about it is I always say like a queen can recognize another queen and queens help other queens. It's about women lifting other women up. What I loved about this movie is that Dumplin' has friends. So it's not just about her journey. It's the journey of these other, this kind of like motley crew of girls that come together with the help of some drag queens to compete in these beauty pageants. They're trying to make a statement and they end up finding their own power from within. I think it's it's a story about girls becoming women by tapping into their inner queens. That's the message I got because I got queen on the brain. But there's one girl who's like this too cool for school goth. She's like the hard ass who's looking to bring down the patriarchy. And then there's the pretty best friend who could totally pass for a cool girl and has no problem getting boys, but she would never, ever, ever betray her best friend for that kind of nonsense. And then there's another big girl who gets teased, but also who does not let the teasing bother her at all. And she's like this super enthusiastic Christian girl who just loves Jesus and being happy and joyful. And she's not trying to be cool at all. Therefore, like she's even a dork among dorks. But somehow like these girls come together and they all end up again like queens 
recognize and connect with and support other queens. I feel like these girls become queens in this movie. If you have Netflix, I totally recommend getting it, man. Check it out. Watch Dumplin'. It's so good. If you're looking for extra extra queen inspiration going into 2019, the year of the queen, play around with glamour magic Seriously, I, go go listen to RuPaul's podcast. It is funny and body sometimes, but also there's these deep spiritual moments that run throughout it that I think you all might appreciate. I highly recommend, if you haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody or A Star is Born or The Favorite or Dumplin' that you do that too. Like, So this is, I guess, my honorary favorites podcast because this is definitely the last podcast of 2018. And then if you are on the fence at all about taking the Queen program with me, it's something that you would like to do, but if you're not sure, should you do it this round? I am walking my talk and raising the prices. So this is the last time you can do this whole five-week journey. You get so much for those five weeks. Every three days, you get a new installment. There is a private Facebook group to hang out with queens and to share your progress and to share your insights for five weeks. It's the last time that'll be $120 because I'm raising the price to $200. I'm not sure when I'm going to run Queen again, because it's an intense experience for me. So I tend to only do it like once or twice a year. But if you're thinking about it, now is the time. Now is the time, because we're starting in a few days. And this is the last time it will be at this price before it goes up to $200. And you will get the bonus love stream that I recorded with an awesome group of queens. I I made a deal with people. If they signed up before Christmas, I would do a live stream with them to kind of combine our working with the queen archetype and our planner nerdery. So it's a planner nerd vision board love stream. It's 90 minutes long, and I will send that to you too as a bonus if you sign up before January 1st because we're starting on January 1st, and the link will come down. So follow the link around here. I hope you have had an amazing 2018. Take the best of this year with you into 2019 and leave the rest behind you. It's history now. It's history. Let's all move forward feeling super empowered and amazing about ourselves and our own lives. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.